and welcome to I Assure You We're Podcasting, the show on Talk Film Society, where we take a look at the work of Kevin Smith. I'm Mike, and today we are going to take a look at Kevin Smith's 10th movie, it's crazy to think, <laughs> Red State. And to help me with this, I'm joined by Dave. How's it going, Dave? Uh, going great. Happy to be here to talk about Kevin Smith's best movie. <laughs> We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, so, so uh, I, I, you you have a podcast of your own, right? Oh, I've got like four or five of them. Yeah, uh, that's how, uh, I, you that's know, how I'm a, I'm a white guy who likes movies. Of course, I have a podcast. This is how it works. Yes, yeah. my most uh, probably the one that's uh, most uh, listenable and has the most episodes is a show called Off Screen Death. Uh, where me and my buddy Mike go through, uh, I I bring in like the lists, right? The best movies of all time and and give him homework. Uh, and then he gives me movies that are like, you know, maybe misjudged unfairly. So his rule is uh, below 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Those are the movies he can make me watch. So we kind of compare and contrast and just kind of have a good time with it. So you can find us at, at Offscreen Death. Uh, as far as that podcast goes. Nice, nice. Well, uh, I forget, does this one fall under 69%? I think it's hovering uh, right around there, it's right? It's probably really close. <laughs> it's one of those, for sure. It, it's uh, on yeah. the edge. Yeah. But, you know, um, it, it's, okay, you, so you've already said this is your favorite Kevin Smith movie, but what are your thoughts on Kevin Smith on the whole? Oh, sure. Uh, by the way, it is at 61%. All right, so this all right. Would, this so would the fall cut. in there. It did. Right. Um, so, you know, like like anyone who was around and watching movies around the time that Clerks came out, it's hard not to be a Kevin Smith fan, right? Like he, you know, the I'm sure you guys covered this on your early episodes, but, you know, him like just taking out credit cards and, you know, leaving film school and making a movie. It's kind of a it's a really inspiring story. So it's hard not to really like the dude, you know, um, and Clerks came out right at the right time. I was a teenager, you know, so it's like, you know, it's, you know, dick and fart jokes and, you know, guys hanging out making these jokes. And I was like, yeah, of course, this is great. And you know, kind of went along for the ride, you know, from Clerks to Mallrats to Chasing Amy, all that stuff. Um, really enjoyed it and really ended up enjoying, actually, maybe my favorite thing that he's ever put out is the um, An Evening with Kevin Smith um, DVDs that came out where it was just him on these college tours, like telling stories. And I was like, this guy is great. Um, and then actually, uh, my ups and downs with Kevin Smith relate kind of to movies like Red State and Tusk ended up failing monetarily. And same thing with Zack and Miri uh, did not do as well as they wanted it to. And then he kind of retreats and goes back to his old shtick. And that's where I, he kind of loses me because I like I love to see filmmakers grow uh, and change and do something different. And of course, he's really good at the clerks thing. He's, you know, it can be argued he's really good at the yoga hosers thing i don't know maybe uh but but this stuff is really interesting to me because you can really see him broadening and trying new things uh but you know even all the things that he was kind of mocked for early in his career like there's all these reviews about how boring of a filmmaker he is where he just kind of sets up the camera and lets things happen and in later movies he's actually trying some things and actually growing as a filmmaker so i kind of dig that but even the movies of Kevin Smith that I don't like, it's hard to dislike the guy. Like, you just kind of, like, he loves his friends. He loves telling telling these stories. And he's got he's got a great ear for not so much dialogue, but monologue. Uh, you could tell, even if you didn't watch the movies, you'd be able to tell that he was kind of raised on comic books. Uh, you, can, you can really feel that in his work. And you could just feel that he's having a really great time. So it's hard not to get swept up in that. So yeah, like there are periods of time where I was a Kevin Smith fanatic. And I think that's shrunk a little bit. And now I just, I like the dude and I, I like to go see his movies and I'm happy that he's doing well. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair enough. I mean it's it's uh, kind of interesting to find a uh, 
I guess, a kindred spirit who was kind of like there at the beginning, you know? I mean, yeah. everyone else who I've talked to has been like, you know, these you could just say babies. old. It's okay. You could just say we're old. It's totally fine. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, it's true. It's true. But I mean, it is interesting and certainly a different perspective to have kind of like followed his career from the beginning. And uh, this, you know, like you were saying, there are various, well, I don't know. I, you know, I always thought of them as being like turning points, but maybe most of them aren't turning points. Maybe most of them are just sort of like giant leaps where he's, (laughs) uh, he doesn't quite make it, you know? Right. And then falls back into that, view a universe net or whatever yeah, it is exactly here and, you like this here you can have it again right <laughs> right which is perfectly fine but i always get totally. excited when he tries something new and yeah i mean this is really i mean in a lot of ways zach and miri was not that right i mean right. that was like okay clerks too i'm back and now let me you know like just do something which is right in my wheelhouse and right. then you know cop out was a bit of a stretch and Red State is a huge departure. This really is a turning point in his yeah. career. And um, it's really kind of, I guess, interesting in terms of the behind-the-scenes stuff, how that happened. I mean, he, he was trying to get this thing made for years. I mean, mm-hmm. this is what, what he was talking about while he was doing press for Zach and Mary, at least. You know, mm-hmm. I mean... And, and you just couldn't get the money together. I mean, they, they talked about, like, Scott Moser being a producer on it and everything, and he was gone. I mean, he was gone at the last movie, you know, before right, before right. this one came out. So, you know, it, it finally happened, but it happened because he and his team put the money together themselves, not right. because they were backed by, like, a major studio or anything like that. Huh. And that really leads to a lot of the the stuff which is i guess rather noteworthy uh, that that occurred behind the scenes after the mm. film was made uh he very famously went to Sundance with it where he said that the movie would be the rights to the movie would be auctioned off in the room after the screening <laughs> so of course there was huge amounts of buzz and blah 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 everybody was in the room and he gets up there with his producer and buys it from himself for like a dollar or something like that. <laughs> and that's, I think, when a lot of people turned against him, you know. Right, right. And he, you know, he stated right there. I mean, he was, I mean, you can hear the audio. Not surprisingly, he recorded it and released it as a podcast. <laughs> of course um, he did. <laughs> and you can tell, like, he's kind of, he like, he's got a huge chip on his shoulder and everything. And, you know, he very clearly states like you know no one would give me the money no one believed in me when i was making this movie so there's no way in hell that i'm, I'm not selling it to you it now yeah yeah absolutely so let me ask you a question yeah. when you when you put out the call for i'm gonna do a kevin smith podcast i need guests for every episode how yeah. surprised were you that somebody wanted to talk about red state that that was their first choice <laughs> i I was not surprised. Um, I, like, because I, that happened with like almost all of his movies. You know, mm. that's what I'm finding. Like, there's someone who was like, "I need to talk about Tusk," you know, and someone else who was like, "Oh, you know, Jersey Girl," you know, uh, you know, like things like that. Like, everybody mm-hmm. has their favorite. Right. Had to go out to find someone to talk about yoga hosers, but yeah, <laughs> I con I con my friend into that one. Uh, so, uh, so 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 never be friends with a podcaster. This is what happens. <laughs> well, see, he brought it upon himself because, like, the way that we're doing this is like if he if he did something else, like in that time frame, like a like a music video or something, then we'll talk about that too. Mm, and mm-hmm. in the yoga hosers time frame, that's when he did all of his Arrowverse shows. Oh, and so you found friend, a nerd. Oh, my, my friend hosts an Arrowverse <laughs> podcast, so, you know. Trapped. He walked right into that one. Uh, <laughs> Probably hasn't excellent. even seen Yoga Hosers, doesn't even know what's coming, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, Excellent. I mean, Red State, Red State is just a, it's a Kevin Swiss movie that's very near and dear to my heart. I remember, God, this was years ago, I was writing for another website 
um, called Audiences Everywhere. That was the name of the site that's no longer there. It's one of my favorite places on the internet that doesn't exist anymore. And they were doing a Halloween thing. And it's like, pick a, pick a movie to write about. And I was like, I don't know what to write about. And one of my editors very smartly said, what scares you? What movie scares you? It doesn't have to be a horror movie. It doesn't have to be something that people would expect. What scares you? And then I thought back and I was like, oh, yeah, Red State. That is terrifying. I will write about that. So it's one that I surprisingly, you know, aside from, you know, the clerks and mall rats and chasing Amy, this is the Kevin Smith movie I come back to most often, for sure. Yeah. So, so did you see it like when it first came out? And I mean, because he did, I mean, that's sort of another thing which was kind of a dramatic shift for him in terms of his release strategy is beginning with this movie, aside from Tusk, all of his movies have sort of come out as like a, a roadshow release where he mm-hmm. takes the movie around and then does a Q&A, you know, charges a premium ticket price and everything, which, you know, this is the first time and I'm like, what? you know, $75 to see, uh, you know, a movie. But then you right. think about it and you're like, well, you're also getting like a three hour Q and a, and that's how much that would cost anyway. So why, right. why right. not? You know? Mm-hmm. So did you see it as part of the, uh, the red state tour or, um, I, I didn't, unfortunately, it was one of those that I wanted to, that's, this is when I was living in California. So I could have like, he came to San Francisco and I could have done that. And, but I think it was like, you know, like you said, it's these very limited engagements. So if you don't have time that weekend, you're not seeing it. Um, so I, I missed that unfortunately. So I had to just kind of wait and wait and wait until I could see it at home. Uh, and then I was even more upset with myself for not, <laughs> not canceling my plans and attending attending it because I've this is definitely like a lot of movies like this I think sometimes grow on you um, or their acquired taste not this for me like I was like just a hundred percent in from the very very beginning and when I finally watched it I was like oh god I could have I could have seen this on a big screen and I I doubt I will ever unless I own a movie theater I doubt I will ever get the opportunity to see Red State on a big screen this is not exactly. A movie that people are just like clamoring, like, oh, I must see Lawrence of Arabia and Red State on the big screen. Those are the two <laughs> left. So it's, I'm doubtful I'll ever get that opportunity. I really wish that I would have. No, I mean, that's true. Like watching this, you know, um, it, it, just, I, I was just thinking about it, like, it, and seeing it on the big screen and everything like that. And, and as I was watching it this time, like my, my, my day job is I, I'm a, a film programmer, you know, and I'm mm. always trying to, you know, do cool stuff. And I'm like, who has the rights to this? He still has the rights to this thing. Is he going to let course. people show? I would love to show this for Halloween or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And it could be one of those that if you put in, you know, a night thing where there's like three movies, uh-huh. maybe you'll get a lot of people to see it and kind of open their eyes to it. Where it's like, maybe if you just did this on its own, maybe no one would show up. Yeah. But <laughs> but if you program it with other cool stuff, maybe you can introduce some new people to a truly, truly great Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was lucky enough to see it as part of the, the tour. You know, there was no way that I was going to miss mm. this. I think, I mean, Kevin Smith in general, obviously, since I'm doing a freaking podcast on him. Yeah, that know, guy sucks, a, right? You yeah, don't like know, him? You know, whatever. Terrible. He's fine. He's fine, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, of course. And, you know, the lead up to this, first off, the fact that it had taken so many years for it to come out, but also, you know, it sounded different. Like he kept on mm-hmm. saying, like, it's not a... This isn't Scream. It's not a horror comedy. It's a straight up horror movie. Yeah. And it's like, what? Wh- wh- he's doing that? That is so weird. Like, right. for him to do something like that. And then the thing that, which really had me sort of like on the hook was do, do you remember he did these, um, I think they were called Red State of the Union? podcast oh yeah yeah i do remember that yes it was or like red state film school or something i forget what it was exactly but the the idea behind it what he did was every episode was a um a different like department head talking Mm. about what they do 
on a movie, you know, like what Amazing. their job is. And he just took his, you know, you know, the, you know, well, he, he does a lot of these things himself, you know, writer, director, editor, but mm-hmm. then cinematographer, casting director, you know, uh, sound guy, whatever music. I, I don't know who, who all there was. I forget, but such a brilliant idea just because yeah. you see all these names in the credits and most people don't know what, they yeah. do, you know? Even big movie fans. Like, I know plenty of people online who are, like, watch hundreds of movies a year. And they're like, a cinematographer, like, I kind of know what they do. Yeah. But not really. <laughs> and know? even if you know, like, okay, well, that's the person who sets up the shots or whatever. It's still interesting Yeah, but what does hear, that like, mean? Like, right. how do they do that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and what is it, like, basically a day in their life like? Like, what is their, totally. what do they do when they go to work, you know? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's Definitely. such a such a cool idea, and so sort of like inspirational for young filmmakers and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I just love that, and yeah. and the way that he set it up was also cool. Like he did it like a class. Like you couldn't mm-hmm. just buy a ticket to a random episode. Like you bought a ticket to like the program and then right, you came right. each week and saw, I mean, oh God, it's like a master class a more than a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So such a great idea, but yeah, I was not going to miss this thing. And I went to, I am in Chicago and they showed it at this theater, which is um, generally speaking, a music venue. I, I think they had shown some stuff at like for some festivals in the past, but they're, they're not like really like set up as a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did a, a good job, you know, with the presentation and everything. And, um, and, you know, he was there and he, he did his whole thing and it really was like going to a concert, you know, nice. every, everyone was wearing hockey jerseys. You could buy, they had a <laughs> sure. merch table where you could buy posters and stuff like that. <laughs> and, and then, you know, we just sat there and watched this movie and it's like, you kind of go in and even when he comes out on stage, you're like, we're here for a good time. And, you know, and I remember him saying like, I'll come out and talk after the movie because you're going to be like oh my god silent bob what happened to you you know (laughs) (laughs) totally totally like you came here for a good time but you are probably not going to have one of those watching this movie is this not there's not a lot of jokes not a lot of (laughs) jokes there's a few the the very last thing in the movie was you know yes it really kind of killed it but um long time to get there though um yes so, so yeah, so getting into uh, the actual movie, like, what are your thoughts on Red State? Um, I, there's nothing I love more than being surprised by a movie, especially when you're people like us who watch a lot of movies. Like, you know, there's the old, like, oh, I've seen this story before. There's only seven stories you can tell and blah, blah, blah. Um, so because of that, and, and I think if you know the tropes and you watch a lot of movies, you're going to be like, okay, I see where you're, where you're going. And then it's a matter of whether they perform that well, if they get there in, in a quality way. Um, whereas this was like, what? This is a cat, like, I remember seeing the trailer and thinking like, wow, this seems so different for him, not just in um, the story he's telling, but in the way he's telling it and the the seriousness um, of this script is and you could tell from the trailer, but you're like, ah, but it's still Kevin Smith. You know, there's going to be stupid jokes and he's going to he's going to ruin this. Like, I just I, I remember walking into it thinking like, ah, I don't know if he can do this. Like, I like Kevin Smith, but I don't know if he can do, like, a serious horror movie. Because it is a horror movie, but it's not a, like, supernatural horror movie. It's not, like, Jason Voorhees, you know, it's not Michael Myers. It's not a, you know, a mass killer who can't be destroyed. It's us. It's humans. It's the evil of the the group. It's the evil of believing in something too much. And that is a very real thing. So it's a, a horror movie grounded in reality, which is always more terrifying. Like I'm not I love the Halloween movies. I'm not scared of Michael Myers. Like that's not scary. I know I know what we're doing here. Whereas this is like this is not that far removed. And he name checks him. You know, he name checks Phelps and the you know the God hates F-words and all that stuff. And he really, he's letting you know that, yes, this is over the top, but not that over the top. Um, And Michael Parks is like, it's just maybe one of my favorite performances of the past 20 or 30 years. Like, it's 
perfect. And I remember seeing him in Tusk and liking him there too. Um, and to me, Tusk is not great. It's, it's really good until they show the creature, but that character is great. And he is even better here. And I think the, the thing that's most interesting about his portrayal here and the movie in general is it would be very easy to make him a mustache twirling, cackling villain. And he kind of doesn't. Like, you see the effect he has on people. You see how charming he is. You see them laughing along with him and how he treats them like a family. And there's like a half of a 1% of you. It's like, oh, well, they're... And then you you get snapped back in reality. Like, oh, no, he's a monster. But you can see how people would get swept up in these simple answers and everything that he is giving you. And it's just... It is one of those performances that just kind of grabs the audience by the throat and then pulls them along with it. Because the beginning of this movie is Kevin Smithy. You know, it's these, like, teenagers trying to get laid. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, and then, like, but within 10 minutes, everything goes haywire, and you are pulled along with it. And Kevin Smith, like, man behind the camera, is actually doing some real work here. Like, it's, it's a very kinetically filmed movie, which is not something I ever thought I would say about a Kevin Smith movie. It's not perfect. There are moments where you're like, oh, there's kind of like a hyperactive seal behind this camera. There's a lot going on here. But he's not just setting up a camera and having two people stand outside of a a quickie mark. Like, that's not what this is. This is, (laughs) there's a lot going on here. And there's, you know, he's got a lot of powerful actors here. I mean, I mentioned Parks, but he's also got John Goodman. um, And he's really kind of you know, biting into this role too. And it's just, it's disturbing. It's funny in moments. It's scary. And it's shockingly realistic given the world that we live in. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with all that. Um, It's one of those things where, I mean, I I was right. I was prepared for something different, Mm. but I guess I was, you know, like we've talked about this a lot. We talked about this a lot on the last episode for, for cop out where, you know, even if he was kind of like another classic of the form. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You know, even, even if he's like sort of expanding his, uh, his scope or whatever in terms of like aesthetics and stuff like that, it does feel like he doesn't quite, have a grasp on that and he he's mm-hmm. not really fully invested in that genre or whatever whereas totally. here i mean from the very first scene you can feel a difference in his yeah. style and everything not just in the way that it's shot but also like in the way that it's like directed for a guy who has been repeatedly criticized for giving actors line readings and wanting things done in a very sort of like theatrical manner for, for him to do this where it's, it's a very sort of naturalistic style and to completely pull it off. I mean, even the color palette is naturalistic and that that's a risk to take Mm because it looks kind of grainy and gray and almost uh, sepia toned in a a lot of places. And you really need good performances and good work behind the camera to grab you when you have it set up like that. Yeah. And there is a bit of stuff. I mean, there's a few scenes in there where it's like, you know, he's going a little too intense with the camera or whatever. Like, okay. The the escape scene uh, where he's running out and it's just like yeah, someone's shaking shaky. the camera and shaking it. Yeah. It's like right. Paul Greengrass on speed. It's like, what do we, let's, let's chill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, I mean, it, it totally works. You know, it's very visually exciting and, and everything like that. The editing is fantastic. And, yes. you know, like you say, you know, not sort of knowing what to expect or whatever. I mean, it is, you know, an extremely good gear shift movie. You know, I, I absolutely love those things like Psycho or whatever, where you're going down a path and then something happens and all of a sudden it's like, this is a different movie. Yeah, I was just I was just about to say, like this, it's, the setup is phenomenal, right? And it's set up to be this like, escape from a haunted house almost, right? Mm-hmm. We're following this kid around. Maybe he'll get out. And then it just like purposefully jars you and you, and you go to the John Goodman ATF uh, plot line, waking him up and resetting the stage to basically set up for like, 
uh, everyone's going to die. Um, this is not going to have a happy ending. You are, you might as well all be terrorists because we are going to kill all of you because mm-hmm. this is an embarrassment now. <laughs> like yeah. it's, and so it just, like you said, completely shifts gears and becomes in some ways, um, instead of an escape movie, a morality play yeah. in a lot of ways where it's like, what is the right thing to do? Um, I think most right-thinking people have a moment here where they're like, yeah, yeah, we should, we might just need to kill all these people. They are evil. Like, look at what they're preaching. Look at what they're doing. But then also there are people who were born into this and that's not their fault. Like they haven't, they have done things wrong, but like, how can you expect them to do but wrong if they're raised in that poisonous atmosphere and we're just going to gun them all down? Like there's no hope. Like that's, that's rough. And you really do um, completely shift everything in this movie uh, to losing hope completely for your initial characters that you've been following for like 45 minutes. You're like, oh, well, it's it's not about them anymore. They're not making it no matter what. And now it becomes like, well, I love John Goodman, so I'm rooting for him. Uh, so now where do we go? And it's just, it's gutsy. And it's very un-Kevin Smith-like. Like, say what you will about Kevin Smith. He usually sets forward a plot, and he's like, all right, we're going to tell a lot of jokes for the next 86 minutes, and then we're going to resolve this plot, whatever it may be. Whether it be this guy who plays too much EA Sports and should be paying attention to his girlfriend, or it's this guy who shouldn't even be at work today. Like, whatever it is, we're going to deal with that. And this does not ever really deal with, I mean, it deals with the initial plot by, you know, murdering everyone, uh, but it doesn't deal with it in a way that you would expect. Yeah. And, you know, like something that Marcelo has brought up is like, you know, Kevin Smith's movies are very good at heartwarming endings. Like, you know, he'll take you through whatever it is, you know, 86 minutes of comedy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could be varying degrees of good or bad, but somehow he's always able to, you know, land that that ending and mm-hmm. really sort of like oh, bring yeah. you like a heartwarming moment, you know? Usually with a ridiculous monologue from himself. Yeah. Uh, to, yeah. <laughs> to really wrap everything up. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Totally is. I mean, I don't like Marcelo and he's a terrible person, but like, that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. But Red State. Love you, boss. Red State doesn't really have that at no. all. Mm-mm. And I mean, it, it is so, I mean, for, for a movie, a filmmaker who really kind of um, doesn't, really deal with subtlety at all when it comes to like emotion or anything yes. like that. Like you, he uses all the music to tell you exactly how to feel in every right. single scene and every single movie. And then in this one to just be like introducing characters who, you know, are making, you know, sort of like these, these ethical, you know, arguments or whatever. And then seeing those same characters literally just like, shoot people in the head who are standing in front of them. Right. And, and they're the, you know, quote unquote, good guys. Right. Right. It's yeah. like, whoa, you know, I mean, and it, of course the, the title is loaded, you know, I mean, you're, it's, yes. ca- it's a movie, it's called <laughs> Red State. And when asked about it, he was like, well, it's not really, you know, it's, it's a, they're in a state and there's blood. So it's red, but. Oh, okay, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but you 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 look at that movie and it's like my god i mean obviously it's something which you know was very timely but uh-huh. looking at it now like 11 years on it's like it's also kind of sadly predictive in a lot yeah, of ways yeah yeah did you and like if yeah, if you had told me when this movie came out, you'd be like a prescient film from Kevin Smith. I'd be like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's let's settle down a little bit. And, and and similarly, this is a movie that does not give you any easy answers. And again, if you had told me a Kevin Smith movie that really leaves it up to the viewer uh, doesn't give you any easy answers about what you would do, I'd be like, well, the 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 clerk's guy? Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Like, and this is why I love this movie so much. Is like. If you told me that Kevin Smith didn't direct it, I would believe you. 
Yeah. It is that disparate from everything else that he has done. Even something like like Tusk or like Cop Out, which are not the same movies as he started with. Like you can still, it, it still feels like Kevin Smith. Yeah. This there's like except maybe for the very beginning, you know, up until they're drugged uh, with these beers. Everything after that does not feel like a Kevin Smith movie to me at all. But even like, that, it's hard for me to track. Even that doesn't feel like a Kevin Smith movie. Those are characters from a Kevin Smith movie, but they're in not, a real movie. They're not in yes. a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, a hundred percent. Like it's one of those. I remember when I watched it for the first time. I just kept waiting for it to devolve. Mm-hmm. You know, like not to be a jerk about it because I like. <laughs> I like de-evolved Kevin Smith movies. I enjoy them. They're a good time. Um, but this one, I just kept waiting for it to go there. And it just, and I know I'm like, okay, I know it's not a comedy, but it's still, it's still a Kevin Smith movie, but it yeah. just kind of isn't. And every time I watch it, I'm kind of in disbelief that Kevin Smith wrote and directed it, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, part of it is, you know, could he do that? But another part of it is like, that he'd want to do that? Yeah, would he? It's, yeah, absolutely. It's it's so interesting because I, I think about this a lot with filmmakers. Like, what if this happened, right? What if Zach and Miri made as much money as they thought it was going to? Yeah. What would his career look like? Because that was supposed to be his coming out party. Yeah. That was supposed to be like, he's not a filmmaker just for the stoner dudes, right? He is like, he can make a romantic comedy. He can make a crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, like what Judd Apatow became. Yeah. Like, that's what that's what that was headed towards. And it failed. And he was very upset about it. Sorry, Kevin. Uh, and his career totally changed. Some for the better, some for the worse. And it's like, it makes me weirdly happy that that failed because I would have nev- never gotten this movie. Like, there's no way he makes a movie like Red State, a movie like Tusk, maybe even a movie like Cop Out, if you don't have mm-hmm. something like Zack and Mary do well, you know? And I was just like, and I like Zack and Mary. I'm actually a fan of that movie. I dig it. I have a lot of fun with it. But like... Red State just really stands out for me. And it's, you know, it feels like one of those pompous things to say where you're like, what's your favorite Kevin Smith movie? Oh, Red State. Mm. <laughs> you know, you're like, what? What? Yeah. Who's even seen that movie? Like, it, that doesn't make any sense. But really, it is. I keep going back to it. And I think because you mentioned back then it was of its time and now kind of looks like it was prescient. Um, whereas as much as I love... It's like chasing Amy. Um, they're dated. You know, mm-hmm. they're very much of their time. And if I – it makes me wonder if I did not have the nostalgia for Kevin Smith and for Kevin Smith movies, would I even enjoy this? Whereas this feels separate from that and feels like stand standalone a very good movie. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean by that. Um, I mean, I, I do still think that, you know, Clerks and – Chasing Amy are probably his two best, but Mm. like watching them now, like especially I think Chasing Amy, it did not um, work for me as well as it had in the past. Right, Uh, right. Whereas this, I I still, I was like still amazed by stuff that I was seeing. And it could be that I'm not as familiar with it because, sure. um, you know, I mean, those movies, like, like when I was a kid, I would watch Clerks like every day. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, totally. And it's just like, okay, so I yeah, know that one got that VHS kids uh, got a lot of play at my house for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. But like, you know, Red State, like I saw it when it came out, and then I saw it when it came out on, you know, Blu ray or whatever, and probably a couple more times. But like, I mm-hmm. went back and I looked at my letterbox, and the last time I saw it was eight years ago. You know, oh wow! And yeah. it's not like I've been avoiding it or anything. It's just that it doesn't really. Well, come it's up. also like you know, <laughs> how often are you going to be in the mood? Yeah. to watch Red State. You could be in the mood to watch Chasing Amy, yeah. or Clerks, or Clerks Two, or basically almost any <laughs> other of his movies that are easier to digest. Whereas this is like, okay, time to sit down and do my Kevin Smith homework. It's yep. his real movie now, absolutely. And I, you know, I just have to bring up like maybe my favorite thing Kevin Smith has ever said uh, is about Chasing Amy. This is many years after the movie came out. Somebody asked him, like, hey, when are you going to do a science fiction movie? And his answer was, did you see Chasing Amy? 
I I made a lesbian fall in love with Ben Affleck. That's science fiction. Like, so I like, and this is one of the things I really enjoy about Kevin Smith is he has a good sense of humor about not mistakes that he's made, but the way the world has changed since these movies have been made. He can kind of call himself out and just be like, yeah, it doesn't really hold up in that way. I still really love it. I love that my friends got to be in this movie, but like, would I make it that way now? No, absolutely not. And a lot of filmmakers get really stubborn about this. And it makes me wonder if it's because he's been so disrespected as a filmmaker, whether he deserves it or not, in terms of like, you're not a real filmmaker, you just put your friends in movies, blah, blah, blah. Um, I wonder if that gives him a little more allowance to be like, yeah, that's fine. I can have a sense of humor about this. Whereas if you asked, I don't know, uh, you know, Spike Lee or Paul Thomas Anderson or, you know, someone like that, they might, I mean, PTA seems pretty chill, but there's a lot of directors that might be like, uh, yeah, I'm, I think it's perfect. What are you talking about? How dare you? How dare you question me? And Kevin Smith is like, ah, uh, I like smoking weed a lot now. Uh, so everything's funny. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely true. I, I think that's part of it. You know, I think another part of it is just, I mean, he, him as a person, uh, he yeah. he seems, you know, very progressive, and I think yes, he, he applies that to himself as well. You know, I mean, he's like, look, you know, I was young, I was dumb, right? I, I didn't understand things. You know, I would make different, and that's choices a real now. test if you're actually progressive, right? Yeah, if you could turn the lens on yourself and not just everyone else who's made mistakes, but right? Like, uh, yeah, I could use a little work too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, I think that that you you see that throughout his career. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. <laughs> I mean, because he kind of like built it into a movie with Jay and Silent Bob reboot, right? Where yeah, he's like, totally. okay, what would this movie be like if it were made today? And right. then he did it, and it's like, okay, so that's what it would be like. Interesting, <laughs> totally. Now we know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, th- this it's. It is it is interesting to see like you brought up the fact that you know at this point in time he was like a huge stoner that's something we've talked about a bit on the last few episodes because you know Zach and Mary seems to be the demarcation point there mm-hmm. and you know he made a big deal out of like this being like a movie that he directed when he was stoned you know and uh, his approach being almost i see it as being like almost altman-esque where it's mm-hmm. like you know in talking to all of his crew and everything like that he's like everybody is you know the best in their field they're all you know making their own little movies and you know my job is just to make sure that it sort of works as a cohesive whole but if someone's gonna come up to me and be like do you want red or blue i'm gonna be like what do you think is better and, you know, because it doesn't usually matter, but if the person, you know, creating it is like, oh, I really think it should be blue for this reason, you're okay. going to get better work out of them, you know, yeah, and a absolutely. better movie on the whole. And imagine if someone told you 10, 15 years ago that you would describe Kevin Smith as Altman-esque. <laughs> Like, nobody would have believed you. No. But you're absolutely right. It is a very Altman way to go about things. And it's it's actually very smart. Because if I don't care if you do A or B, but you do, I'm going to hold you up. Yeah. I'm going to prop you up and be like, you want B? Okay. Let's do B. I trust you. And not only are they going to do better work, but they're going to feel cared for and trusted by the person running the show. It's such a smart way to do it. Yeah, uh, he's 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 a good director. He's a good leader, you know. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't feel like it's a million things flying in a bunch of directions. Like maybe some of his other work. I mean, it feels feels like cohesive, a cohesive yeah. whole. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, absolutely. I, when when I was watching this movie for the first time, I mean, the audience was like riveted. And granted, mm. they yes, it was they were ready because they were <laughs> yes. they all paid, you know, seventy five bucks to see it. Right? It was it was view askew. Is that <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I had yes. to. Yes. <laughs> but even with that, I mean, 
you could feel like the tension. You could just feel it. And like as yeah. I'm, I'm watching it, as it's changing and becoming different things, I'm just like, oh my god, oh my god, this thing is amazing. And I mean, it is really gripping. Yeah. Like it truly is. Like it actually the the movie it reminds me of, or I guess the other way around because it came out after it, like Green Room. I put mm-hmm. Green Room, Green Room and Red State would be a fabulous double feature, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I'd ever recover. Like, my nerves would be so frayed uh-huh. by the end. But it is that level of, like, literally gripping the armrests on your chair. Like, oh, my God. How is this going to end? Because as this movie goes, like, all the way up until the end, like, there's no moment where you're like, oh, it's going to be like this. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be fine. Or it's not going to be fine, but I know what's coming. I would... All the way till the end of this movie, I and I never thought I'd say this again about a Kevin Smith movie. I was like literally like, I don't know what how this is gonna end. I don't know what's coming next. How can we possibly wrap this up? Yep. And the fact that all of this stuff is packed into eighty-eight minutes, right? <sighs> I mean, that's another thing yes. which he is I love really, it. really love a short movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can tell just like listening to his podcasts and everything, which are all super long, you could tell that he prides himself on that sort of thing. You know, like listening to him talk as he's like editing Clerks 3 and saying like, oh, I got it down to, you know, 93 minutes. Oh, I was able to yeah. cut another minute out of it. And he's like so <laughs> excited about that, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, like, I, I love that. And um, Sam. it does like... It doesn't feel like there's anything missing, and yet at no point does it drag. You know, you look at like Jay uh-huh. and Silent Bob Strike Back, like that movie could lose a little bit of stuff, yeah. especially yeah. at the end, right? Yes, definitely. But like this, it just, it's like lean. It's such a tight little movie, yeah. Flies, absolutely. you know, and it, it covers so much ground. You uh-huh. know, even like stuff where it's just like, I mean, and and I know some of it is just kind of like whatever, and but you know, like little like Easter eggs and everything, and not not like oh look at that, it's you know Thanos in the background or whatever. But I mean, like things like um you know, I mean like the thing that that kind of just like struck me this time around. I was thinking about it uh, as I was driving to work this morning, and maybe I'm I'm just you know. Um, it just kind of like slow on picking up on these things or something, but like there's the whole thing where like Steven Root shoots the kid coming out, like he's running and you're like, Oh my God, they're just firing at people. They just killed that kid. But I was thinking about it later on and I'm like, no, he probably shot that kid because he recognized him from the night yep. before, didn't he? Yep, yep. You know? And again, he doesn't hold your hand through that. Yeah. Like, he doesn't, he just, like, it could be either one. Yeah, it took me 11 it years to figure it, it out. <laughs> yes. I mean, it could have been, like, just freaked out, and he was trigger happy, and things happen, right? Yeah. Or it could be, like, oh, no, he recognizes me. He knows my secret. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only way the secret isn't going to come out is if this kid dies. And that's what sets the entire second half of the movie in motion yep. is that one quote unquote mistake, right? And then it's now it's like, oh, well, well, we killed one of them. Now, I mean, we can't, we can't just arrest some because then we got to explain who the hell this kid is. Yep. <laughs> like, we just got to go from here. And, and, you know, also just, I, I guess the idea that, it's like, oh, everybody probably knows the secret, right? Because he talked to Michael Parks and that yep. guy, he probably wanted everyone to die just because, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, that it, it's crazy. I mean, just like just stuff like that throughout the movie. And, and also just, you know, like, I mean, it's the cheap sort of like psycho thing, but the idea of like, Oh, hey, look, it's Kevin Pollack. Hey, they got Kevin. Oh, shit, he's gone. Oh, uh, no, they don't. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It is one of those movies where sometimes when a, I mean, I don't know if I'd term Kevin Pollack like a movie star, but like a recognizable face, usually like, oh, he'll be around for a while. Yeah. Like, we can trust. Like, the other guy next to him, he's definitely dead. But that guy's (laughs) going to stick around. Not this movie. Yeah. Like, it's just. (laughs) Yeah, you don't know who's safe. I think that's that's really cool. Um, You know, speaking of casting, you know, just because it's always one of these fascinating things and you see it a lot in Kevin Smith movies because he always talks about it. But, um you know the the John Goodman character. You know that there 
he wasn't the 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 first choice necessarily for that role. The role was it. Jason Muse was that those. <laughs> No. Tell tell me you would not watch those outtakes. Oh, tell me you it. wouldn't watch it. I'd watch it. Yeah. <laughs> no, the the role was first offered to uh Samuel L. Jackson. Oh my god, totally different movie. I, yeah. But <laughs> it would still work. I mean, it would yeah. totally work. And on his podcast, because he doesn't care, even though you could tell like the casting directors like Shut up, you know. Just stop talking. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, apparently, you know, it was like one of those things where he was like, like he talks about it. He's like, um, you know, I didn't have any money to offer Sam Jackson, but I knew that he was a big comic book fan. And I've got these really cool, like, pieces of art where, like, some artist puts, like, Mickey Mouse in, like, crime scenes in L.A. or something like that. <laughs> and And they're worth, like, you know... $500,000 or whatever. And he's like, well, I can't pay him, but I can give him this piece of art that's on my wall. And, you know, the agent was like, no, I'm not taking no. that offer back to him. And he's like, no, I'm not even going to mention this. Right. And he's like, yeah, you know, was, Sam Jackson would have probably been into it, but how do he you... probably would have taken it? Like, right. yeah. He's like, but the agent's like, what's the commit? You know, you can't split, right. A, right. you can't take 20% right. of this. Piece I will of take art. one of Mickey Mouse's ears. No, this is not. No. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he, he cost him that role. He, he cost Sam Jackson that role, you know? And, but I'm sure Sam Jackson is weeping all the way yeah, to the bank. Yeah, I think he, he's just, still, I mean, he's okay. Yeah, he came out, he, he came out of things okay. It was cool that he was in like <laughs> Avengers and stuff the same year. Cool that he was in like the most successful movie ever. Like, yeah, yeah I think he's okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> you, know, you know, Red State, Infinity War, Endgame, you know, same deal. <laughs> like, basically the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, just an interesting little what if, which, yeah, would have definitely made for a different movie. The other thing which would have made for a different movie is if they had shot the original ending. I was just going to bring this up, right? Because wasn't the original ending, there was actually the rapture yeah. happening? Like, and of course, they. I almost wish the movie ended with them staring each other down and hearing the trumpets, and then you just fade to black. Like, just go to yeah. credits. And people would have been really mad, but I would have really dug it. So, if they had filmed, if they had had, I don't know, the money, the guts, whatever it would have taken to film The Rapture, do you think this makes it's, – it's a better movie, a worse movie, somewhere between? Well, I, okay, so just for, for people who may not know, I guess the original ending was basically the same way that it, it ends with the – the trumpets and everything and then they're they're face to face and then all of a sudden you see like this sword go through uh aben cooper's back mm. and there's like this angel with wings who you know like basically just like cuts him in half or whatever and then looks at john goodman and goes like shh and then like flies away or something like that and then like everything lights on fire or something along those lines and basically what it came down to is like you know, that would have like doubled the budget of the movie or whatever, you know, they're like, we can get this movie made if we don't do this ending. And he's like, okay, let's not do okay. that ending. Let's well, not then. Yeah. But would they, would they have Ben Affleck pay, play the Avenging Angel? Oh, is really... I mean, you gotta, at that point, <laughs> you right? Have to, you right? have to fit it into dogma <laughs> continuity. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but to your question, I, really 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 think that that would have in some ways ruined the movie you know now i mean granted when i was sitting there in the theater after being like spun around in a billion different directions for the past hour and a half when that happened i'm like holy shit is he actually doing this are we now like going biblical with this thing you yep, know and nope. then it didn't and it's like oh wow you had me though you you had yep. me you know but like thinking about it, like, and I, sure, I'm gonna project my own personal biases on this and everything. But I really think it would have ruined the movie because yeah, even no, I agree. even though the angel is basically saying like you are going to hell, Aben Cooper, that's his name, right? Aben, yep, Aben. Yes, you're going yes. to totally normal name. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even though, even though the you know the rapture is here and and he's not making it out alive or whatever, not making it up to heaven, it's still um, 
in some ways I feel like legitimizes this yeah. group because it's saying Agreed. Like, they were right. This is the rapture. It's here, you know? And it's like, no, I'm sorry. That's not a real thing. So, right. <laughs> you know, don't give them that credit, right? Right. I mean, yes. having him rot in jail in the most, like, humdrum way is right. the perfect ending for that movie and that character. You know? And it's also so inter- – it's an interesting – and it's great that it kind of came about because he couldn't film what he wanted to, you know, Shades of Jaws, right? I mm-hmm. can't – you know, the stupid shark doesn't work, so I got to work my way around it. I think the way he worked around it is incredibly smart, not just because the guy rots in jail in the most mundane way possible, as you said, but also evil lives. Yeah. I mean, this is the world we live in, right? It's like you set up this way, like everyone's going to die. No way anyone survives. And definitely not the guy who's the ringleader. Uh, nope. He's still alive at the end He's of the like movie. the only one who and does like, survive, really. Right. And, and as a viewer, I'm like, God damn it. Like, I, The only person I've been rooting to have their head blown off for the entire movie. And this guy lives through it. Like, uh, it's very like... It's very Princess Bride, right? It's like, Humperdinck lives? Like, no, no, you read it wrong, Grandpa. This is not right. (laughs) And that's how I felt at the end of this movie. But as as the credits roll, I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's kind of how that would probably go. Yeah. Like, it's... (laughs) You know, and it's and I also love that that scene between the the three officers at the end, like kind of, you know, downloading after and basically mm-hmm. saying, like, you know, we have to punish you, but good work. Yeah. You did exactly what you should have done, you know, and it's like, man. And it's like John Goodman is he's a very difficult actor not to root for. Yeah. Um, so to have him put in this position to do things that are at best, morally ambiguous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and at worst, like evil, yeah. like terrible, like killing innocent people uh, to save his boss's butt. Like that's that's where we're at. Um, and the way it ends is kind of like there is, much like real life, there's no heroes here. Yep. There's no one really to quote unquote root for. Yeah. There's different shades of bad. And which side would you like to be on? And I think it's pretty simplistic to be like, yeah, you want to be on John Goodman's side. You don't want to be on the side of, you know, uh, of the Fred Phelps analog here. You never mm-hmm. want to be on that side. But also, Smith throws some really interesting things about, at you, like this woman just trying to save her children. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay, I can get behind that, even though she's awful and has been one of the people smiling at the death of innocent people. Um, but still, you're like, yeah, but I get a mother wanting to save her children, wanting yeah. to get her children out of that bad situation. So you kind of root for her, and then it's like, yeah, there's nobody. There's nobody. Even your protagonists at the very beginning, they're yeah. kind of shit heels. You yeah, know, like yeah, they're, they're not, not. They're not exactly like you know. They're not good dudes. They're not even as heartwarming as Jay and Silent Bob. Like they're right. they're just kind of jerks mm-hmm. who just want to get laid. And I'm like, this is who we're rooting for. And no, there's no one to root for. Yep. Yeah. Maybe John Goodman's wife. She seems nice. <laughs> yeah, she made him coffee, right? At four mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning. So yeah, that is she's love. the real hero of the <laughs> yes, of the movie. Truly. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Um and, and you know, I mean one of the interesting things too, which I think is very smart, is unlike his other movies, uh he does not load it with cameos or whatever. Like no. yeah, he has Kevin Pollock in it and Mark Lucas and like the I mean I guess if you're a Buffy fan that counts as a yeah as a cameo no one else knows who Mark Lucas is exactly like you pronounce Lucas wrong that's not a real name yeah and he sucks in Buffy too so whatever (laughs) and 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 it's like you know he's 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 there in like a a short scene because he's the best you know person who you could have in that scene right. and, and most of his cameo, cameos are not recon- they're recognizable people but they're not stars you're like yeah. oh it's the guy from Buffy oh it's the guy from True Blood yeah. oh it's the girl from Blank it's not one of those oh my god it's Wesley Snipes like it's not that level yeah. of cameo it's just like oh I re- it's a that guy Yeah, uh, from that thing and that's a really smart thing because I think if you have anyone relatively it's another reason why I'm glad they didn't <laughs> 
film the ending I came up with in my head. Uh, because if Ben Affleck shows in this movie, I think it just yeah, completely a- breaks the fourth wall. And you're like, nah, okay, yeah. this is rid- now it's funny and I can't take it seriously. And this is a movie that, I mean, I can't believe, again, I cannot believe I'm saying this about a Kevin Smith movie, but this is a movie that should be listened to and yeah. should be paid attention to. Like, it's really serious and it is not that far astride from the reality that we currently live in in the United States. Yeah. And it's like, man, this is terrifying and you should really think about this. Think about these choices. Think about how we solve unsolvable problems, which is basically what Red State is about to me. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. It's definitely true. You know, speaking of cameos, he did come really close to ruining it at the very end because that the voice who yells out, you know, shut up, you know, you piece of shit or whatever it was, that's Kevin Smith. And right, which is right. fine, you know, I mean, it perfectly works. But at, at one point they had shot like him in, you know, like the orange jumpsuit, like sitting in the cell next oh, to no. him. And he's no. like, I can't do, I cannot put this in the movie because it will ruin it. And apparently he was telling this to Michael Parks. And Michael Parks was like, why? It's not like anyone's going to know who you are. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> God, just easy, Mr. Parks. <laughs> God bless. Just kind of putting you back in, in your place. Like, oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's this is a movie that like it's uh, I mean I hate to use terminology like this especially about a movie like this but it's it's kind of a miracle. It's like he made every right choice. Yeah. In this movie. Like yes, there are moments um technically that don't hold up as as well. Um but in terms of the choices he's making from performance level, from editing level, from story level, this is a really smart really really good movie and it is become one of those movies that is like a barometer for me like if someone hates red state like they think it's a bad movie like you and i should not talk (laughs) like we just you could say i didn't enjoy it because it's not a movie that's like super fun red state that's not what this is right so i could see like my my fiance watched it um because she knew i was going to do a podcast and we're still new enough that she wants to hear me talk which is very (laughs) strange um so she listens to all my podcasts so she watched it she was like that was fucking dark dude yeah and i was like yeah it really is it is not a kevin smith movie in that stereotypical way and he just he just makes all the right choices here and it just it's strange to say about a movie like this it just makes me happy to watch because you get to see a creator do something different really branch out really and it's like you said it's a passion project and he got it made with his own money and he did it and it's kind of a beautiful movie and i wish more people had seen it and if you've gotten this far and listen to this podcast you haven't seen it just watch red state yeah it rules it's so cool Go watch it and it leave your your Kevin Smith expectations at the door because you know J- Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. This is not. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> when when it came out. You know, he talked about, of course, because he talks about everything. He's he talked about how you know <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, like you know, he showed it to Tarantino and Tarantino loved it. And Tarantino was like, "Look, you can show it for a week at the New Beverly." Tarantino's theater and that way it will you know meet the criteria to qualify for the Oscars right and I mean it's something that every single movie does just because yeah. why wouldn't you do it yeah and who knows right right and and he was like he was like okay so I'm doing this thing and he got he went there and introduced every show because why not you know and it's like yeah. so so he's like he did this he's like yeah we're showing it at the New Beverly for a week for its Oscar qualifying run <laughs> and I remember there was some critic out there who was like Red State's Oscar qualifying run. LOL. <laughs> What's wrong with you? And it's like, you know what, dude? You're an asshole. You know, I mean, like, seriously. Like And also, in a better world, this should be nominated it should for be. something. I mean, like it's good. I, I, I think I put it at number two on the year, like right behind or number three. I guess it would be Moneyball, Contagion, and then this for me. 
personally. That is a great one, two, three. I mean, that those is are three great fantastic. movies, right? Agreed. I would, honestly, if someone said, you're going to watch this right now, if it was any of those three movies, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> let's go. I'm yeah. ready. I would happily, especially Moneyball. Moneyball is so one of my good. favorites. God, it's so good. So good. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Especially if you're a baseball fan. Yep. It's just, it's like catnip for me. It's the best. Yep. Yep. But yeah, Red State is right there, too. I love it. Yeah, it should have been nominated, in, in my humble opinion. But whatever, it wasn't, and it never was going to be, and that's really no. disappointing. So, <laughs> yep. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in, in, in a previous episode, I talked about how, you know, Dogma is not his best movie, but it's, I think, his best written movie. And yeah. Red State is not his best movie, but it is his best directed movie. I yeah, personally okay. feel, you know. It's, it's his best movie. Okay. I'm just here to... <laughs> I will enough. defend the honor. I, you know, I, I could <laughs> see, like, especially this time around, I could see a scenario where, like, five years down the road, I'm like, yeah, Red State's his best. I will be here waiting with open arms when you get to that point. Okay. Just call me okay. when you get there. Fair enough. We'll do. We'll do. All right. Well, any final thoughts on uh, the movie? Uh, no, just just watch it. Just watch Red State. Whether you've seen it before or not, watch it. It is great. Um, and also, like, it, it made me remember how much I like Kevin Smith. Like, because he's been going down this weird road lately of just kind of going backwards a little bit for me. And I was like, oh, yeah. Kevin Smith is cool. Kevin Smith is fun. Kevin Smith is great. <laughs> Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, 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 this movie, it, it's weird going through this series and and seeing like which movies, like over perform versus my you know right. initial opinions and which underperform. And this one, I always thought it was near the top, and it, I still, I think, overperformed in a lot of ways. Right. I, I mean, right. it's it's fantastic, and you should definitely watch it. It's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Red State, five stars. Yeah. All right. So, Dave, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, unfortunately, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm there way too often. Um, you can follow me at Darn That Dave. Uh, and there you can find all my writing, all my editing, all of my podcasting, all that good stuff. Uh, and I really like that handle because it really, it really just says exactly what I want my Twitter to be is I want to annoy people, but not make them actively angry. Like, ah, darn that Dave. Uh, so follow me on Twitter at darn that Dave, and I will be sure to follow back and interact and all that good stuff. Uh, always love to talk movies on there. So you could definitely find me there. All right. You can find me on Twitter and letterboxd at mumbles three K. And you can also find me on my website, filmdamagepod.com, where I do a podcast called film damage. Uh, where we talk about uh, film projection, Star Trek, and time travel. So thank you very much for, for joining us today, and we will be back next time to talk about Kevin Smith's 11th movie, Tusk. Tusk.